and welcome to the first Cosmos Quizmas, featuring me, Olivia, your host from the Australian Science Media Centre. Let's introduce who will fight it out today for the Christmas quiz crown. So you guys don't know this, but I have made a Christmas quiz crown using a party hat that I have on my desk. It it's says, got a cow on it. It does. It has a cow on it. So, you know, fight hard because this is what you are fighting for. Absolutely. I'm expecting that to be shipped over when I win. Yeah. <laughs> There's no R in it. It's a count. It's a count. Well, I guess it could be a count. Do I get a bonus point for that joke? You get zero bonus points. Negative one point. To- <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Don't worry. <laughs> the first question, just from my left to right, I've got Ellen here. So let's start with Ellen. Ellen, this is a multiple choice question. Which animal out of these is considered the deadliest human? So I have A, shark, B, assassin bug, C, hippo, or D, snails. Um, I'm obliged to say sharks because it's Australia. I think the answer is actually hippos, though, isn't it? It's C. Incorrect. It is oh, not hippos. Would I know. Where to go? Matt? Snails. Correct. It is snails. Are you able to tell me why, just for the curious people at home? People eat them. They carry parasitic worms. So freshwater snails carry parasitic worms. So millions of people contract the infection. And who estimates that anywhere between 20,000 and 200,000 deaths can be attributed to this? That's more than uh, wolves, sharks, crows, crocodiles, and tapeworms combined. So snails are deadly. So the next question I have is for Evram. Evram. According to the medical medical director of IVF Australia, one in a hundred Australians born today were what before they were born? Oh, well, I know that a hundred percent of Australians born today were they started out as anuses, and then <laughs> when you're a little um, when you're fermenting in the in the womb, you, you start off as an anus. I don't know what one one percent of us were. Um, I'm going to have to pass on that one. No worries. Anyone else want to take a guess at that? Conceived by IVF? Yes, kind of. But uh, the actual answer is one in 100 Australians born today were in a freezer before they were born. So Mm. kind of conceived by IVF in a sense. But, yeah, very interesting that when you look around the room, if you think one in 100 Australians were in a freezer, I think that's pretty cool. I feel like one of us is going to end up in the freezer after this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And some of these questions you're hearing today are from the shortlist of Oz SMC's top 10 science stories and top 10 weird science stories of 2022. So if you want to see what made the final cut, make sure to visit our website, climax.org. Now I'll move on to a question for Matt. What is the hardest natural form of carbon? So my inclination is to say diamond, right? Mm -hmm. But there there are different types of diamonds structurally. And Uh so... I wrote a story about a kind of type of diamond called Lonsdalite that hitched a ride to Earth mm-hmm. at some point and was discovered on that basis and is harder, therefore, than a diamond that we would typically associate with natural Earth processes. So I want to say that Lonsdalite technically is one form of diamond that is stronger than a conventional diamond because I know that was a story done from some Melbourne-based research this year, or or 
you'll just take diamond as the answer in a general sense, and I'm correct. So you'll absolutely just take diamond as the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I to let you do. You have you you have above and beyond. <laughs> so very. So this question is for Ellen. Um, Ellen, there is a bit of a hint in the question for you. Adolf Budenthal won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 1939 for his work on sex hormones. Who forced him to refuse the prize? In 1939? Yes. Presumably the Nazis? Correct. The Nazis forced him to refuse the prize, which he was very upset about. Uh, do, you know, do you know anything about this story or was that just a... Uh... Yeah, there was a lot of genetic research going on at the time, not just in Nazi Germany. Most of the West fell for eugenics. So there was a lot of genetic research appearing that was um, had an ideological backing behind it one way or the other. Essentially, why he was forced to give up this prize was that uh, previously the Nobel Prize had been awarded to people who opposed Hitler's policies and and therefore their form of protest to that was uh, forcing one of their own people to... Uh, to reject the prize. So, Evram, a team of researchers say they've identified the world's favourite smell after testing smell preferences of just over 200 people from nine different communities. So this is a very popular smell overall. Do you know what the most popular smell in the world is? No, but I would hazard a guess that it might be something weird like horse manure. Really? What makes you say that? <laughs> Speak for yourself, Evram. No, no, no. no <laughs> bear with me, Matt. Bear with me. <laughs> Have you ever caught a whiff of horse manure? It's oddly sweet and pleasant. Interesting. Because <laughs> it can't just be lavender or rose or... It's got to be something a bit interesting. I would hazard a guess. I, given you've laughed at me already, I know it's not horse manure, but I'm going to stick my neck out and say horse manure. Fair. But unfortunately, that is not the correct answer. Would anyone else like to give it a go? I want to go with coffee. Coffee. That is a good smell, but it is not the world's favourite smell. Ellen, would you like to try? I'm going to go the opposite direction to Evram and suggest vanilla, just the safest possible option. Ellen, you're 100% correct. Vanilla. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take risks. <laughs> and apparently the least favourite was uh, isovaleric acid, and that can be found in cheese, soy milk, and sweat. So, mm. Mm. Nice. So, Matt, what, uh, this is a uh, multiple choice question. So, what is the site of photosynthesis in a plant cell? I've got A, peroxisome, B, plasmodesma, C, chloroplast, or D, mitochondria? Some high school biology for you. The, the, yeah, the, the site of photosynthesis is chloroplast. Correct. Absolutely. I'm glad you got that one. <laughs> so next question for Ellen. What was the original name of the first dog in space? Ooh. Because when she she was called Laika when she was up there, I didn't realize she had an original name though. Ooh. I'm gonna guess Rex. The dog name. That's very cute. Uh it incorrect. It was not yeah, Rex. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> Her original name was Kudriyalka. Which, uh, yeah, means little curly, and uh, her better known name, Lyca, means Barker, and apparently is kind of a catch all name for a bunch of different breeds of dogs. And so she was given this name because she barked during a radio interview, apparently. So, 
That's what you're supposed to do when an interview is happening. You have to make a noise. <laughs> I've got the same nickname. <laughs> Next question. Evram, it was a scientist who first proposed the modern concept of daylight savings. Are you able to tell me what branch of science they studied? Mm. I imagine it would have something to do with either climate science, meteorology, geology, that kind of thing. I'm going to stick with meteorology. I think that makes sense. That does make sense. And you are kind of in the ballpark, but not quite there. So does anyone else want to kind of give it a go? I mean, I can have a guess. Well, go for it. But I kind of want Ellen to go first so that it can eliminate whatever Ellen's thinking. <laughs> so first, Ellen, that would be great. I reckon it was geologists. Agricultural sciences. It was an entomologist. Oh. A British-born Kiwi entomologist, he wanted more time after work to catch bugs, which is super adorable. I think. Based on my vanilla theory, I was going to be like, is it ecologists just because they like being outdoors? Mm. I should have yeah. said that. Oh, well. Wow. The next question I have is for Matt, I believe. Matt, you've got quite an interesting one. It's an explainer, so I want you to explain this. What does it mean to flatten the curve? talking about covid uh if if there is an increase in uh in case numbers for instance or or deaths or any other metric flattening the curve would refer to the implementation of various practices i don't know how specific you want me to be here various practices that would result in over time depending on how you want to define that time period, a reduction in that metric, for instance, cases or deaths. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. It's a difficult one to, to put you on the spot for, so uh, great job. Now, the next one I have, just to torture you guys a little bit longer, is a question for Ellen. So, Ellen, German researchers say they've found evidence that jumping spiders can do what? What else would you be surprised that a spider did? Is it something to do with their reproduction? Can they, like, give birth to live young or something? It's something to do with something they do at night, let's say. No, I pass. You pass? Yeah. I remember this story. And yeah. I remember as soon as I saw the story, I saw these adorable jumping spiders are the most adorable things in the world. Mm -hmm. But is it that they can drink? Yes. Correct. <laughs> can you tell us more about it, everyone? I think it was that... Uh, is it rapid eye movement? They saw rapid eye movement in sleeping spiders. That's right. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, apparently, some of the researchers took home jumping spiders during COVID because they were working from home and, and noticed that while they were sleeping, they were twitching in their sleep and, um, and they could see their eyes as well and their eyes were twitching in a similar way. So that's what we think is rapid eye movement. And so we're pretty sure they might be dreaming. I love all of the at-home COVID experiments. There was another spider one where they found that the um, the webs glowed under fossil webs glowed under UV light just because they were messing around with a UV torch because it was COVID and they had nothing else to do and they were like, oh my god, these fossils glow. Accidental discoveries are that so good. Ever, Mark Lee and Jan Davis were two NASA astronauts who flew aboard the Space Shuttle Endeavour in 1992. What was the significant thing about these two people? They weren't married, were they? They were married. They were the first and only couple, uh, first and only married couple to fly together in space. Pretty cool. So, does anyone else know this story at all? 
Not much, no. Not much. So apparently they met during training, married in secret, and only told NASA that they were married when it was too late for either of them to be replaced in the mission. So NASA has since banned married couples from going on the same flight. <laughs> It'd be better if they were married in space. Yeah, oh, that would be really cool. <laughs> Why can't they have married couples go into space together? I'm not sure of all of the reasons, but I think one of them is hanky-panky. They don't want sex happening in space because of issues that might arise from babies and fluid things like that. So we just prevent marriage. That'll fix it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there are other reasons as well, but that was the reasons that I was reading about. Was the first crime in space a few years ago was during a divorce proceeding, wasn't it? It was an astronaut who was going through a divorce with her wife and she accessed her wife's bank account when she wasn't supposed to. She didn't move any money around or anything, but she just accessed the bank account and they they think that's the first space crime. Oh, that's scandalous. Wow. Maybe that's why as well, because more space crimes will happen when marriage is involved. Exactly. So I've got one more question, and that one's for Matt. So Matt, Polish scientists won an Ig Nobel Prize this year for discovering the patient's experience fewer harmful side effects of toxic chemotherapy when one traditional component of the procedure is replaced with what? So I've got a couple of options for you here. Uh, A, ice cream. B, tickles. C, looking at pictures of cute bugs. Or D, an hour of video games. So what would reduce harmful side effects of chemotherapy? I'm going to say D, an hour of video games. Good guess, but incorrect. Who else wants to give it a go? Is it Tickles? It is not Tickles. Surely Tickles don't solve anything. Ice cream. (laughs) Everyone, you're correct. It's ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) So it was used as an effective cryotherapy uh, to treat oral mucositis, so um, the ulcers and and issues that you get in the gastrointestinal tract when you have to go through chemotherapy. Usually they use ice chips to help soothe that, but in this case, they used ice cream and they said that the patient not only preferred the ice cream and remembered it and, you know, it made them feel kind of to have ice cream, but also reduced the severity of this, these issues that they get. They're pretty cute. Can't rule out the video games having a positive effect. No, in my... In my in Can't my rule that out. Can't rule it out. So in third place, with two points, we have Ellen. In second place, we have Evram. With three points. Oh, and no. The winner with four points. And the winner of this wonderful Christmas Christmas crown is Matt. The true <laughs> present here is that I'm never going to let Ellen forget about it. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Australian Science Media Centre. Be sure to visit the Cosmos website, cosmosmagazine.com and search Christmas quiz to watch more. Some of today's questions were taken from a short list of the OzFMC's top 10 science stories and top 10 weird science stories of 2022. If you're curious about what made the short list, visit our news portal, scimex.org. And if you'd like to know more about the OzFMC and how we work to improve accuracy of science reporting for all Australians, you can visit smc.org.au. So thank you all for joining us today and tune in next time for the Cosmos Quizmas featuring the other Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.